Let us pray. Gracious God, for this day we give you thanks for all of your good gifts. We are grateful. And we ask you to silence in us any voice but your own. And into that silence speak your word of truth and of grace and of love. For we pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Our second epistle lesson of the morning comes from the Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, beginning at the fourth verse of the twelfth chapter. Let us hear God's word. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love that in Becky's children's sermon, she planted the seed for some young person to eventually serve on the property committee, by the way. <laughs> I hope some family is nurturing that gift in your children right now. And as Becky has reminded us, what all of us know, I am sure, Today is Stewardship Sunday, so the instructions in real time are a little bit different than what the bulletin says. Following the sermon, you're invited to sit and listen to a wonderful bell anthem by the Covenant Ringers. And then following that bell anthem, the hymns will begin to play, and all of us are invited to come forward and place our pledge cards in these lovely trays that the Sunday School children have made you don't have a pledge card with you, there are some in the pews. The late church member Sally Clapp would tell me that this past Sunday should have been the stewardship sermon in order to influence this morning's results. And I always responded to her that that presumed a sermon that wouldn't decrease the results on today. So if you are ready to pledge today, do so. And thank you. And if you're not quite ready or forgot, or if you're listening to this after the fact and we're out of town today, please prayerfully do so and do it soon if you can. I'd like to say a few words first about how we do this and then a few words about why we do it. But first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you. Whatever your response, if you have done so, thank you. 
the session and trustees and deacons, the stewardship and joint budget and finance committees, all of us, thank you. And if your pledge is to come, thank you in advance. This year we have spoken about two things, participation and capacity. We'd like all of us, and certainly a greater percentage than those who currently do so, to participate. No pledge is too small. I should also say no pledge is too large either. <laughs> if you are young and unsure about your financial prospects, make a token pledge just to get in the game. And if you're like many who I talk to whose financial landscape is shifting all the time, go ahead and make a pledge as well. This is not a contract. We're not a collection agency. Situations change. But please do participate as an indication of connection and commitment and capacity. I firmly believe that this congregation has the capacity to meet and exceed our goals. Now, the right sermon or the right stewardship theme won't get that job done. Your own sense of commitment and generosity will. And we Presbyterians are generally polite to the point of reserved about all of this. But on this day, let me ask you, as Bonnie and I are doing ourselves, to stretch. To stretch as you are able to increase your capacity if you can do so. It will make a difference. Now in the universe of churches, Third Church is in a strong position in so many ways. We are rich in people resources and building resources and program resources. Our membership is growing slightly, yes, but growing in a time when such is not the norm. And as I've said, I do believe that collectively we have the resources to reach our goal. You will remember, however, that a year ago we were led to make budget reductions. And if you study the budget we sent out with the pledge cards, we're facing a similar scenario for 2017. Let's say the delta is around $50,000. It is achievable. I believe that. And I believe that not just as a form of wishful thinking. That's why all the talk about participation and all the talk about capacity. So again, let my last word echo the first one. Simply a word to say thank you. So that's the how. Now here's the why. And you all have permission to change your pledge after this conversation concludes, but only if the number goes in the right way, per Sally Clapp's <laughs> admonition. In August, I wrote two grant proposals, one for a study project for myself and one for the Urban Consortium of Presbyterian Congregations, of which we are a part. Two grant proposals, and the good news is that both grants were approved. Now, if you've ever written a grant proposal, you know that you have to describe how the money will be used, why it is important, why it matters that this money should be used in this particular way. In a sense, that's what Stewardship Sunday is all about. 
It's about making the case, the why and the how. Yet it's also more complex than that. In a sense, you are the funder. You who pledge or offer financial support in other ways, but in another sense, that's not quite the case. Because we're the ones doing the asking as well. We are making the case, all of us, as the church. We self-fund. So in a way, we're making the case to each one of us, persons to your left and right and behind you and in front of you. We look around, look at each other, and tell one another why this matters, why this enterprise is worthy of our investment. But we also make the case beyond ourselves. We make it to our community. We make the case with our relevance in the world, with our mission, with a program that makes a difference to our neighbors, their hearts and their bodies and their souls. And not to be overly melodramatic, but in a deeper way, our job is really to make the case to God. God is the one who gives us all these gifts, our time and our energy and our money. And it is to God to whom we are ultimately responsible for how we are stewards, our caretakers of those gifts. Now the stewardship committee each year identifies a theme. This year's was simple, but not simplistic. Be the church, be the church. We understand that theme in many ways. At a very primary level, we state that what we are is a part of the body of Christ, a spiritual community in a particular place and in a particular time, the corner of Meg Street and East Avenue in 2016. In generations past, the church was often identified by what we believe. Now more and more it's identified by how it behaves, by what it does. And in my mind, believing and belonging are engaged in a kind of continuous dance. We believe this, so we do that. Doing that leads us to believe this. This year I've been thinking of the church as a community of reconciliation whereby we live out our reconciliation with God by being reconciled to ourselves first, then to one another, and then to the world. And I did not know how urgent of a task reconciliation would be as it is as we gather this morning. And because of who we are, because we are to be a community of reconciliation, there are things we are called to do. Each congregation will do them differently. Up and down East Avenue, within the life of our presbytery, each will do them imperfectly and incompletely. Our yardstick is how well we are measuring up to our vision. To love God, to love ourselves, to love our neighbor. Which will look like many things. One way it will look is to consider the list of Paul's gifts 
that I just read from 1 Corinthians, a litany of varieties of gifts to which all of us have been given. Paul writes about these gifts as gifts of the Spirit. If we are given wisdom, and we are, then the church is to teach, teach one another and teach our young, these precious young people that we see every Sunday. If we are given faith, and we are, then we are to worship and to pray and to sing. If we are given healing, and we are, then we are to care care for one another in our grief and in our pain and in our fear, physical and emotional and spiritual care. If we are given miracles, and we are, then we are to work miracles, feeding people, housing people, tutoring people. If we are given prophecy, and we are, then we are to be prophets, to speak out, to give voice, to change the system, to make it just and equitable for those in deepest need. If these are the gifts we are given, and we are given them, then it seems fairly clear what our vision is. Now it's a universal vision in the sense that the needs exist everywhere and all of these gifts are given without prejudice, but it is a particular vision as well. In that we here, in this place, in this moment, are called to exercise our gifts in unique and particular ways. Worship and music and arts, education for all ages, our children and youth and all of us as adult learners fellowship opportunities where we build community. An outreach, of course, in Rochester, in our nation, around the world, including sharing a voice for the voiceless and caring for those in need. Now, that's what it looks like here. To be very clear, our version of it requires your financial support. In terms of program, our outreach ministry is the largest proportion, and that seems about right, but to take a step back is to be reminded that all of this is so interconnected. Our education program, our worship and music, they all fuel our outreach. Our outreach helps give focus to our education and our worship life. That's one way to look at it. In another sense, our mission is carried out with the two largest components of our budget our people, and this place. Our staff, the extraordinary group of people with whom I am privileged to serve, supports all of you in enacting your call. And they are worth every penny of your support and so much more than that. And I've been thinking of this building, this room, and all the other rooms, this space, more and more and more as a vehicle of our vision committee meetings that lead to important decisions that generate mission and ministry, worship that inspires us to serve, 
classes for all ages that lead to acts of faith in the world. Countless community groups who meet here during the week because we care about the community. A great schools for all event that welcomes this community in or an Eastman School concert or recital that does the same that reminds the world that no real wall exists between the church's life within and the church's life beyond. And for Third Presbyterian Church at least, people, our staff, and this fabulous building are vehicles for that vision. And all of that takes money. So that we can keep making the case to ourselves, to one another, and to our community, and to God again, the God to whom we are ultimately responsible for every good gift we are given in the first place. This vision to which we put all of these good gifts to good use. I'm hopeful that we achieve our goals because I can tell you that time after time, in life after life, and moment after moment, what we do together as Third Church matters. It matters to lives and it matters to communities. It matters as we teach our children and bury our dead and sing songs of praise. It matters as we provide a warm meal or a place to live for a week, as we have done these past few days. It matters as we seek to change systems, political and church systems that are unjust, it matters in this moment as we seek to make sense of a world that feels as if it is making such little sense to provide spiritual meaning to help all of us and each of us navigate our days, these days, with love and with justice and with hope. That's the vision. And that's the case for investing your money, Bonnie's and my money, our money in this mission. I can ask unabashedly and unashamedly because I believe in it. I believe in the case. I believe in us. We are the funders of it. We are the stewards of it. We are the artists and the teachers and the missionaries, fellow travelers all together, chosen by God, empowered by God, comforted by God, provoked by God, gifted by God to be the church. Amen.